0: It's Tuesday, January 15th, 2019. I'm Herbie Newell, and this is The Defender Podcast, a daily encouragement to mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This daily podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services. I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we are talking uh, on our first part of how to create habits that foster healthy relationships spiritually and emotionally in the family. So I am here with Ashley Yeager and Whitney White, and we are so excited. And Ashley is one of our counselors on our team. She oversees uh, a lot of our counseling, especially to our young adults and to our children uh, through TheraPlay and through uh, different other types of therapy, particularly children in foster care or children who have been adopted, helping them see their identity, but also helping uh, with attachment therapies with their families and really helping families adjust well with their children so that ultimately our hope and our aim is that they'll be able to disciple their children and be able to have a relationship with their children. And one that, and a lot of what we're talking about today will help form spiritual and emotional relationships. And Whitney White oversees as well. She's a counselor, but she also oversees all of our education, uh, particularly our education uh, involved with our international ministries, both with unadopted as well as um, internationally. You've probably heard Whitney speak if you've been to one of our Rooted in Love conferences or if you have seen anything about uh embrace our uh, embrace to love or crossings and so we're grateful for uh, Whitney and everything that she does uh, as well as Ashley and so ladies we're just we're just so grateful to have you both here and we want to talk today about creating and fostering healthy relationships spiritually and emotionally in the family and and while certainly the things we will talk about are for any family specifically want to think about these families who've been brought together through foster care or through adoption and and how we can help these families start to truly go past just attachment issues and and the adjustment phase, but to really start to set in roots of spiritual and emotional relationships. So let's start on the spiritual side. And so after hearing this topic, uh, what comes to mind when you think about helping families foster healthy relationships emotionally and spiritually.
1: Yeah, Herbie, I'll I'll start us off, but um, thank you for that. And really what came to mind first for me, the first thing that came to mind was prayer. And then quickly after that, just the importance of being a role model um, for your children. And so I would love to elaborate on those, but Ashley, what came to mind first for you?
2: I would say prayer came to mind first for me as well. in addition to role modeling and then really engaging the word with your children.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so we'll talk first about prayer. You know, I I just feel like it's critically important that we pray for Christ-like characteristics to develop in our children. So, before our son was born, my husband and I really spent a lot of time praying over what type of man we wanted this baby boy to become and what characteristics we wanted to see in him. So we listed out 13 different characteristics that we wanted to see developed in him and had these beautiful signs created with correlating Bible verses that hang on his wall. And so each night we pray in a circle for one of those things so these are things like love god be thankful be generous show compassion serve others seek wisdom things like that and so that's really just helped me as a newer mom to just have a vision of what type of characteristics we want to see develop in him and really pray to that end and i just encourage you guys to not just pray for your child's behavior to change or for negative characteristics to or negative character trait to go away, but pray for that to be replaced with something that is God honoring and beautiful. So don't just pray for them to stop lying, but pray for them to speak truth and teach your children that not just to don't steal, but to give don't hurt, but show compassion. Um, Ashley, what would you add about prayer in particular?
2: Yeah, I think one of the things that I work with a lot of families on when it comes to praying with their children is encouraging families to pray for their children, pray with their children, Mm -hmm. and then teaching their children to pray as well. Um, A lot of times we have families that have children in their home through foster care that haven't seen prayer before. And so they really are, are modeling that or a child's been recently adopted. And so really helping a parent teach their child to pray You could do that in really easy ways when maybe something exciting happens, really just stopping right there in the moment and praising God for what you see. Or when something painful happens, when they bring up something painful from maybe their past or even at school, something that happens, really stopping right there. And as the parent being like, you know what, let's pray about this. And praying together, praying audibly over your child in that moment and eventually getting into the routine where they know when I tell mom and dad something exciting or I tell mom and dad something that really hurt me, they always pray. And so eventually you're going to teach your child, this is what we do. And so eventually you can say, hey, you know what, how about this time you pray? I usually pray, you're right, but this time you pray. And so helping your child learn how to pray for themselves in those moments can really help build up their just ability to speak with the Lord. And it doesn't even have to be hard. It can be easy prayers just to help them learn how to share their thoughts and their feelings with God in those moments. We also have families that do it, you know, in routine ways. So it becomes part of the system for them, part of their daily lives, Uh, maybe praying right before they go to bed or praying in the car line while they're waiting to drop their kids off or at the bus stop, especially if you've had a really busy morning, praying at the bus stop right before they jump onto the bus, making, routine times of prayer all throughout your day can be really helpful to introduce a child to that as well.
0: And I think really even as we think about this, uh, you know, language, even going from a child development standpoint, language, most language that's learned is caught or it's observed, it's not taught. And so children learn language by following their parents, mimicking their parents, uh, listening and observing. And so I think what you ladies have said is so beautiful. And just to reiterate, it's so important that we pray over our children audibly and that they see us praying. And so one of the things that I love having teenager and 11-year-old and 9-year-old is that we're hearing them now praying to God and and taking taking concepts and taking ways they've heard us express needs, emotions, adoration, confession to God. We hear them coming it back to the way they're praying to God. And so, you know, we, we want our children to observe the way that we're praying. And then I think, too, just to, for parents as well, our kids need to see us in an attitude of prayer. I, I grew up in youth ministry in the late 80s, early 90s, and the whole thing was a quiet time. And the thing they told you is, you know, go to a secret space where nobody can see you. It's just you and the Lord. And, and you know, and that's great. And there are times that, is, that that's desperately needed. However, we need to live authentically in front of our kids. And so while we need to be praying for them and praying with them. They need to see us praying and hear us praying, even when it's not uh, us praying for them or praying over them. You know, what better way than to have your kids catch you and your spouse praying together? Mm -hmm. So uh, just something to think about. But that really even tends us to this whole idea of modeling. and, And Ashley said, you know, role modeling is something that comes to mind. But But Whitney, talk to us a little bit more about what role modeling, uh, what what comes to mind and and just elaborate on this whole idea of role modeling.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would love to. You know, it's interesting. You just said like just the concept of this is caught, not taught. I think that that very much parallels with this idea of being a role model. Like children are going to catch what you do more than what you're teaching them to do. Um, It's kind of like, I know that many of you have heard before, Um, that children are more likely to do as you do, not do as you say. And so, yes, this concept of role modeling is incredibly important. I think that we must model for our children what we desire to see in them. So let them see you serving others. Let them see you being hospitable. Let them hear you speaking truth. Your children are naturally going to be your imitators. And in a good or a bad way, And it's incredibly important that you be a positive role model for them. So if you are an imitator of Christ, they may follow your lead. So demonstrate Christ-like characteristics, like patience, like grace, like forgiveness. You can ask yourself, do I model these attributes regularly to my children? And go through the fruits of the Spirit, like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control... If, if you were honest with yourself, you might say, no, I'm not modeling all of these, or I might have strength in some of these areas, but I really need to improve on showing my children patience and how I respond to them. But oftentimes, if you were to ask yourself, like, do I desire to see my children or do I expect for my children to exhibit these characteristics, love, joy, peace, all of these other things, then the answer is probably yes. So these things must be modeled for our children consistently and constantly because you really can't teach them these things if you don't personally exhibit them.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Whitney, don't you have a really good illustration for this as well? (laughs) I have used an
1: illustration um, before, so I'll I'll share that with you guys. Um, To illustrate... Just the point of how you can't really give away something that you don't have. I'll I'll share a little story with you. So I have personally been skydiving one time in my life, and I loved it. I am married to an incredibly adventurous man, but he does not like heights. So, he wasn't going to let his wife do this without him being by her side. And so, he agreed to jump out of the plane with me. He landed on the ground and he said, I will never do that again. I landed on the ground and I said, I only have to jump a thousand times to get certified. I am doing it. Like, this is it. I love this. So, Herbie, if I were now knowing that I was quite passionate about this, at least in the moment I was, and I really enjoyed it. I tried to learn as much as I possibly could that one day, but I've really only jumped out of a plane one time in my life. If I were to offer to take you skydiving and I was going to be your instructor, you clearly wouldn't agree to this, right? That's right. Yeah. You'd be crazy if you did. So you would wisely recognize I can't teach you to do something that I barely understand the fundamentals of myself. And yet, tying this to parenting, we often have the mindset as parents, we kind of or often the mindset of parents kind of is based on their desire for their children to have like a more spiritual, a vibrant relationship with Christ than they themselves are currently experiencing. I know that that's my desire for my children. The author of the Spiritual Parenting kind of elaborates on this a little bit. And she talks about how it's natural, you know, for parents, we have a desire that we want so much for our children. We might want them to have a better education than we did or, you know, better opportunities or better life with less struggle and pain. and we may even want them to have a more genuine spiritual life than we currently have. But the fact is that we are, you know, living examples of what is real. And unfortunately we can't give away something that we don't possess ourselves. So it's the parent's job, you know, to model what they desire to pass on to the next generation. And as corny as it sounds, I really encourage you as parents to be the person that you desire for your child to be.
0: Mm. And I think it's so important for us to also realize as parents that uh, these children are watching and modeling everything that we do. Mm -hmm. And so it's really Mm -hmm. not an option to be a model for your child. The option is what are we going to model for our child? Uh, And so we need to make sure that that we're living lives are consistent because you will see given back to you what you are doing in front of your children mm-hmm. and and just one other caution Whitney not just because you don't you've only jumped out of a plane one time you're not going to catch me jump out of a plane, <laughs> period so uh, I'm with I'm with Adam except I'm not sure I would have been that nice to do it one time with you uh, but if but thinking through that and and You know, the other thing you brought up, Ashley, was engaging in the word and Mm -hmm. and how important and central the word is. And that's really where we want to point our kids ultimately. So talk about how can we engage our families and our children in the word?
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think I work with a lot of families that are newly home from adoption or have children in care. And so I always recommend they start kind of simple because if you dive in really deep from the beginning, it can be really difficult. And so I always encourage families, start kind of simple with them. Um, There's a lot of ways out there to do this. If you wanna get children's devotionals to begin, you can start there. Um, The Storybook Bible, if you'd like to start there, read some of those stories with your children that are in the bible start simple um, make it part of their routine again because routine children thrive in routine so make it part of their routine thinking of doing your devotionals every single night um, 15 20 minutes before they go to bed as a part of their routine all gathering on one bed together or gathering in the living room all on the couch and making it a part of time where you talk about and you dive into the word um, Some families get overwhelmed about where to start and so pick your favorite book of the Bible. Start there. If you don't have devotionals or a storybook Bible that you can read, um, or even thinking about memorizing verses together, pick one verse that really you think sticks out to you as a parent that you want your child to know, and let's memorize it together. Spend time over weeks memorizing that one verse. Sometimes we want to jump on again too fast, but spend a good two weeks memorizing that verse and make it fun and playful. Memorize it together. Um, Have a good time with it. Laugh about how you're memorizing it when when they miss a word, um, it's okay to do that. Um, let it be a fun time to engage in the word through that memorization as well. Um, I also think while you're reading stories, really asking them if they have the language to really dive into, huh, like I wonder how I wonder how that person felt then. I wonder, wonder what they were thinking about. I wonder how they felt. Kind of make it a sensory experience for them because it helps the word come alive. It helps them really connect mm. with the word, and then you can kind of think through. Oh, well, have you ever felt that way? Have you? Ever, has that ever happened to you? You can kind of connect mm. it with their personal life. It really can deepen the word for them. It can help them see how relatable it is. It can help them just grasp it and hold true to those things in their heart.
0: Mm. And I, mm. I, I know just too one of the the big things, and I know I'm I'm probably an old soul on this, but. I know we have smartphones with Bible apps, but as much as we can use the paper copy of God's word, you know, I I teach an eighth grade small group at church. And I think all those eighth graders think I'm mean, but I make them put their smartphones up and we take out paper copies of God's word. And I think it's just so important. And I know as a dad, we want to engage our children in the word both proactively, but also reactively. So we don't want to just be reactive. We want to be proactive, but we don't want to just be proactive and not be reactive. And one of the ways we can be reactive with God's word is to be able to know where to go. And so if your child is dealing with pressure or uh, if they're dealing with temptation, you can always go back to Proverbs 7 where it says the man that puts a fire on his lap will be burned. And if you are are constantly in the midst of temptation— having a paper copy of God's word just helps you know where to find these nuggets of truth all throughout God's word. And, and it's so important when you're clicking on a screen, you don't get the depth of knowing how to find God's word. Cause what we want to do instill in our children is we want to instill that they're going to go to God's word and know where to find truth and the truth that is most, uh, uh that's where they need the truth. Uh, and And just having a paper copy of God's word and and constantly leading them through that is such a great thing because we want our kids not just to know God's word or to know that there's devotion, but we want them to love it and we want them to see it as truly a lamp unto their feet. And so just so many great, awesome ways that we can lead our family spiritually, and even as we're looking into 2019, uh, just things we can start doing to make sure that we are leading and fostering these healthy spiritual relationships. Join us tomorrow as we finish up this discussion with Whitney White and Ashley Yeager on how to foster healthy relationships, both spiritually and emotionally in the family. And tomorrow we will focus specifically on the emotional ways that we can invest in our children. Well, thanks for listening to Defender Podcast. For more information or to connect with me, please visit HerbieNewell.com. To partner with Lifeline, visit LifelineChild.org follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info@lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel for you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again tomorrow for Defender Podcast.